Since 1973, Tattoo Charlie's has been an established body modification studio in Kentucky. Featuring world-renowned artists and piercers, currently with locations on Preston Highway and in Lexington. A staple point in the tattoo community. Learn more at TattooCharlie's.com. Set up your appointment today at 7904 Preston Highway. Our tattoos are done while you wait. Hey, it's Jeff McNichol down here at Mom's Music, 1900 Melwood Avenue. I was just thinking, when I was a kid, the magic was at Frankfurt Avenue. The Mom's Music at Frankfurt Avenue. And I used to beg people to get a ride down there just to hang out with the guys and see all the cool gear. Now that I'm the owner of this store, it's like a dream come true. We're recreating the magic with the vibe that we used to have at the old store. We're carrying all the gear that you're going to possibly want. We're giving you the outstanding service and personal attention that you deserve. Yeah, so we've got the great guitar shop here. We're carrying USA Fender, USA Gibson, Paul Reed Smith, Gretsch, Jackson, Charvel, anything you could possibly want. We're going to have it for you. Mom's is and always will be Louisville's music store. Thank you for tuning into the Metal Forge. I am Mark Jackson and I'm your host. The premise of the show is pretty simple awesome interviews and awesome music. If you want to contact me, hit me up at metalforgeradio at gmail.com or visit the website metalforgeradio.com. And now, let's get this show on the road. What's going on, Metalheads? Thank you all for tuning into the Metal Forge. It is Friday, September 25th few days ago happy uh equinox today i've got rygar on the show which is a fucking awesome barbaric heavy metal band from texas everything's bigger in texas as they say and this is about as big as it fucking gets dude like seriously pleasure to talk to had about a two and a half hour conversation that i got to whittle down to about an hour hope you all dig it it's awesome shit Maybe in the future there'll be some like outtakes, some deleted scenes kind of stuff. We'll see how that goes. Before I get to the interview with him, I do want to thank you to Jeff and Mark from Mom's Music and Maxwell's House of Music in the Louisville, Kentucky, Jeffersonville, Indiana area. Thank you all so much for the sponsorships of the shows. You heard the commercials at the beginning. Go to momsmusic.com, go to maxwellshouseofmusic.com, check out the deal of the day and gear 30 respectively, and send them a line. Tell them what you want. Tell them what you're looking for. They can order it for you. They can ship it to you if you're not in the area. They can do whatever you want them to do. But seriously, let them know what gear you want. You want a bubblegum pink Charvel San Dimas? I know somebody who's got one. I doubt he'll give it up. But anyways, if you want one, fucking talk to them. Seriously, because they're awesome people. Check out Howard. Check out Mike at the stores. Uh, everybody else. Uh, Brooks, Bobby, Bert, Vince, everybody. Check them out. Because they're here for you. Get whatever you want. I do also want to throw out, you may have heard at the very beginning of the show, there's a few more ads coming up through the Anchor app. And yeah, I did record some. Because it matters. 
getting your ass out there and voting on November 3rd is what matters. And I want everybody to not take those ads lightly. Seriously, look up where your polling locations are. Get out there. Change the course of history. If you're not happy with the leadership in this country, you have a voice. You can change whatever we need to change in this country. Seriously. Democracy is not dead. That's bullshit. And I think deep down we all do know that. We can topple the system if the system is fucked. And I think you all know that too. Anyway, enough of that. You heard the ads. Seriously, check that stuff out. Don't forget, send me your uh, questions. Send me your band submissions and so on and so forth. Metalforgeradio at gmail.com or at the website metalforgeradio.com. About halfway down the page, you can submit the questions and stuff through there. Because the interview is going to be about an hour long and the song coming up is a little over six minutes, I want to keep this a little bit short and sweet. Again, thank you all so much for tuning in. I love each and every one of you. And we are taking over the world. Got big news for next week. So pay attention to the Facebook page. Pay attention to the Instagram page at Metal Forge Radio on both of those. Smash the like and subscribe and share buttons on there. And so, this is the single from Thermesia Eternal from Rygar. This is In a Land Where the Sun Never Sleeps.
All right, metalheads, and I am being joined on the line right now from Rygar Highwind from the band Rygar. Oh my gosh, dude, how are you? Excellent, excellent. How are you? I am fantabulous. You know, it's been um, one of these weeks here for me where it's been kind of cool weather. And I know you're in Texas and everything, so it's never really cool weather or anything in Texas. And no. I mean, it's always hot as balls. <laughs> but I see a state but, in the United States for sure. Right. And see, you know, some we go through the problem here. I know it's like always August for you for most of the year there. Uh, we go through like, we'll have like May, August, 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 and a little bit of a fall, and then it goes straight into cold weather. So it's been a nice, you know, little bit of a different, different feel because we've actually had some fall weather going on, which is pretty cool. So definitely, I, <laughs> I actually, uh, busted out my long sleeve for the first time today. One of them, I was like, it's not 90 degrees, so that counts as winter. <laughs> or at least the two weeks of fall that we get here. Right. Because, yeah. And then an off and on period of time where every day that you bring a jacket, it's hot. And then every day you leave the jacket at home, it's insanely cold. Now, what part of Texas is Rygar from? Oh, well, we're actually from uh, a few places around. Uh, I initially am from Houston, but I moved to San Antonio about a year and a half, almost two years ago. Uh, the core of the band, most of us are here in San Antonio now. We had some collaborators early in the project who were from Houston as well. And uh, our keyboard player lives in Denver, so he's in Colorado. And uh, our drummer is, like, north of uh, Fort Worth area. He's, like, out there. <laughs> wow. But, uh, so, yeah, you all are yeah, kind of all, all over the map. Oh, yeah. I, I think it was more important rather than finding people who uh, who were there because, I mean, we're all adults, so we could travel now. It's not like when we were teenagers. It was finding the right people, like a... Uh, you know, finding the right people who not only could play the parts, were into that kind of music, but had great creative output. Maybe they had a repertoire and were familiar with the kind of things that we were shooting for. <laughs> and right. like I said, you know, it's definitely something you want to look for people who are very self-motivated, and we've been lucky with that. So Definitely. And, you know, that's the thing these days. Uh, I've come across so many different bands from all over the globe on the show here where they might have a member that lives in Chicago and then they have one that lives in uh, Colorado Springs and they have one that lives in LA and one in Indiana. And you know, oh, yeah. the farthest stretch that I've actually had was um, a guy who was in Nottingham, United Kingdom with a, another guy who was a singer in Phoenix. Oh, great. And it was so yeah, cool because they've never they had never spoke on the phone. They had only messaged each other through Facebook, and the first time they ever spoke on the phone was on this show. Oh wow, that's great! <laughs> so it- yeah, uh, we we actually haven't met uh, met with the drummer in person. the The way uh, the project started was uh, when I moved to San Antonio. I had a uh, psych rock back band back in Houston and we had just finished the album. They were moving on to another project off moving out here. So actually, uh, most of the writing and engineering was done by me. And I just kind of like, you know, I started figuring out how to use some of the engineering software. But, uh, what's that? Cause I've always felt like the whole don't talk about it, be about it. So I was like, if I want to start this kind of band, I can't wait until I find other people who have similar tastes and then we'll write songs. 
So I just went ahead and, you know, hammered out a quick demo on my own. Like I programmed some drums to it because we didn't have a drummer yet. And went around talking to other, you know, metalheads that I met, people who play and like, hey, check this out. It's a lot of like, oh, cool. That's neat, bud. But, uh, you know, I met Kyle. Um, Kyle's our bass player. Kyle's actually, he, uh, Mike, our rhythm guitar player and, uh, our new lead guitarist, Devin, are actually all in a group here in San Antonio. It's a thrash group called Black Jackal. Really, really fantastic band. Bunch of hardworking, awesome dudes who just like tear it up. And, you know, they've already got a few, uh, you know, releases under their belt. So I guess when Kyle kind of saw how motivated I was, and we both share some crossover with loving that kind of heavy metal and like the, the 80s, of course. And he was like, this seems fun. So we started working on some of the tracks and, uh, Bob from Legions of Metal approached us about playing what was supposed to be this May, but will be their next May in 2021 for playing the headline day there. So, you know, it's kind of a uh, lining up of the stars there. We got, a uh, these guys from Black Jackal who they're working on their projects and, you know, out of the woodwork, JD, our drummer approached us because he'd been following the page and he was just like, Hey, this is a long shot, but do y'all have a drummer yet? And the person I had set up to work on the project was just a session guy. And I kind of wanted to have someone I could invest more time in. I actually wanted to, because I mean, having other projects and we're not typically like one of those bands, like one of our goals isn't to be, you know, playing down at the dive bar every weekend. I mean, we've, I've, I've been playing music for 13, 14 years. So is everyone else. So we're like, Hey, you know, we're really focused on making some, some really interesting releases for people. Right. And then, like I said, you know, play, play a festival, have a fun performance where you know you're going for, you know, a day's worth of maybe this niche genre that, and there's fantastic ones popping up. I mean, like I mentioned, Legion, um, Hell's Heroes in Houston's great. I mean, there's just, they're all over the place. And, oh yeah, uh, you there's can find tons of festivals. Uh, Blades of Steel up in, uh, Wisconsin, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Metal Immortal Festival. Deb from Lady Beast. Yeah. Hell yeah, there's tons of festival, in, independent promoted festivals that are popping up everywhere. Yeah, know? we just heard about a, Northeast Dungeon Siege. Um, so the label who's going to be releasing our cassette is Rot Records from, uh, Chicago. Like Rot, like just Rot of Iron, not like, oh, I'm rotting. But, uh, right, right. Yeah, I was like looking and I've always loved, you know, Dungeon Synth and like the more ambient kind of side of that stuff. I love the draw to it. You know, being a fan of video games and tabletops when I was a kid, of course, like the immediate like Vulcan esque or Dungeons and Dragons vibe always gets me definitely so you know they're talking about going out to this festival and it was super great because that genre of music it kind of worked out most of the artists who were supposed to play that festival before the lockdown were able to do you know online shows which it's never as much fun but i mean there's a running joke with friends of mine i was like oh well that's like they call it like basement black metal or bedroom black metal where it's like one person with their grainy forest pictures, but they write this really cool stuff sometimes on analog synthesizers. And it's got its own very dedicated following. So it's cool, like, watching these dudes in cloaks, like, in their apartments or houses around the world, just, like, ripping these epic, like, dark, ambient dungeon synth or black metal projects. And then, like, watching all the people in the chat watching it and just really enjoying it. So, you know, I think fans of music and music, we, we try to find a way no matter what. Yeah, and that's the thing. Uh, I had a friend tell me one time, and this is somewhat relatable to this, is, you know, I've always wanted to make, 
like a short film or a film of some type. And I'm, and I, my excuse was like, well, I don't have a good enough camera or some shit like that. If you are extremely passionate about what it is that you do, you will find a way no matter what. Absolutely. So, I mean, I, I get like that. I said, when I started this project, I had never sat behind the board and tried to engineer anything. And by no means do I think my own self-taught, humble, like, at-home skills for getting this premiere release together are anything compared to, like, people with, you know, formal education or just a lot more experience than me, which I look forward to working with them on the future releases. But that was the thing is, like, it's the same person who spent all those times writing riffs when I was a kid and starting my first bands and metal bands or even playing with groups that wasn't necessarily a genre I wanted, but I just loved music and I wanted to try it. And then I just took that, and luckily nowadays with the internet and YouTube, I mean... The hard part is learning the question to ask, but once you know what to ask, some guy has already made a 10 videos on it, and you can just sit there and, you know, then it really is, like, how how hard are you willing to work because the information's available. Uh, Definitely. You know, and, and the people are out there, too. You just got to, you know, back in the day, you'd go flyering and, you know, hang around the record store, wait till somebody with a cool jacket came in, hand him a flyer, go to the show, and you're hanging out for the extra 30 minutes while the drunks are spilling out and, handing out pins and flyers. And I mean, the internet saw a lot of that go away. I feel like there's not so much of that. You see the same five faces at every show because y'all just go to all the shows. But the funny thing is now that group has just expanded. I mean, I'll run into people in different States and I'm just like, Hey, didn't I see you at this festival or that show? And you know, they go chasing it around. Same with the online community. And you know, you'll attract those people, I guess from the, building a band side of it or just the fans you know i discovered uh i had a fan send me an email this was before you know any of our premiere anything so most of the stuff i've kept pretty tight-lipped wanting to have a nice solid release and he's like hey you know you're in this magazine here and i had him translate it and it was uh like a completely different language i think it was uh it was german and it's just a little blurb about the demo but you know they had a metal writer in there who cruises the forums and I guess came across some of those really nasty demo tracks that I had out originally. And they were just like, this is really cool. So as he's translating it, there's apparently a slang term that they use. Cause they, for the most part, hate like drum machines, these humping robot drums need to go. And I was like, <laughs> Let them know we got a real drummer now. Cause I was like, of course, you know, I want to, I want to hear that momentum in the music too, from a real drummer. Oh yeah. But, uh, <laughs> it, there's nothing else like it. That's the thing. Yeah, I was a little floored by that, though. You know, it's just, I mean, me and my friends would do that, too. We'd, we're uh, pouring through the lyrics of uh, one of our favorite releases or something. I'm like, you know, when he talks about this, this is actually from the second album where they talk about cutting that dude's head off. That's the axe that did it or something, you know, and that comes from same, like, we're younger with tabletops and RPGs and video games and just kind of getting into the lore. Lore is a really important part of, of Rygar and the music and... There's a whole thing written. I think we might be releasing a collection of short stories, if not with the initial release in between that. And we have uh, several other releases. That's awesome. Some splits. Yeah. So, you know, and it's just things that I feel like essentially the thing that I love the most about heavy metal and about, you know, especially like this little part of it is the telling, it's the telling of a story. You know, you go to the show, they might be up there with spikes and chains and what have you. And, look like wild animals and they're telling you this like crazy story that happened and that's always been something that just was awesome it's like on a friday night you drink just enough that you're not too drunk 
And it's like you're in a whole other place with this great music, high energy, telling you a great story. And that's what we all kind of came together with this idea is something transformative. As I was talking with um, Tucker from Throne of Iron a while yeah, back. Yeah, man, I hope he gets better soon. Tucker's he, a great guy. Yeah, shout out to him. He's He is an awesome cat. Yeah, Throne of Iron rules. It's one of those things where it's like it can't just be uh, death and heavy all the time kind of thing. You sometimes yeah. you do need that palate cleanse of exactly a Rygar or a Throne of Iron or you know something different than just all metal all the time. You know all of that. Yeah, which, and which is I mean, awesome. I like that it kind of is, it doesn't necessarily. I mean, you could take it as far as making fun of itself, but it doesn't take itself too seriously. That's what you see more with the new waves. I like that. You know, um, I read an interview, I think it was with Jason from Eternal Champion. He was talking about being a kid, you know, going to these hardcore shows because he loved hardcore and then looking all crazy at him because he had long hair and then, you know, going to the metal shows and the old heads were like, get out of here, hardcore kid. You know, I have friends who grew up in the late 80s and early 90s who are metal heads or hardcore dudes. And, you know, up until like speak English or die, I was like, no crossover there, like they're always fighting each other, trying to kick each other's asses and shit. And oh yeah, you know, I and I identify with that, like you know, playing metal and then hardcore, or you know, even like some, I guess, like hardcore punk stuff that I did when I was a teenager. And crossover wasn't there. This, I mean, is it, there's you know, assholes and any anything cool. There always are, but uh, I kind of identify with that. You know, I remember going and watching him uh, with Iron Age, like when he was singing for. They uh, opened for Jerry's kids, I think, at Walters on Washington Street. And if there's any Houstonians listening, they know how old that is. <laughs> right. That was a, yeah, that was a while back. But, you know, seeing that and hearing that, and you know, the cool part was, like, when I went to go see him and then watching, like, this dude up there waving a sword around. I'm, like, talking about heavy metal stuff with this really beat-down stuff, you know, R.I.P. Wade on guitars, man. That guy riffs it. And I'm, like, watching these dudes, and I was like, cool, they're like me. They like it all. But, I mean, not so... To the point where I'll just listen to practically anything, but, you know, I like this and that, but at the same time, it's like, you've seen so many, like, it's kind of like rap rock groups, like, don't mix the two, they're better. They're They're better better separate. separate. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Not everything is is peas and carrots, you know, you can't can't mix it all, but, uh, yeah, it's really interesting seeing, uh, talking to Tucker about the work that he did on Throne of Iron and just really incredible it's it's always kind of the same story you know they wanted you you go through this period where they're like holy crap look at all this great metal i'm so glad i'm into it i need more you know maybe you start looking through the old stuff you're discovering you know first or second wave british bands and you know hopefully you find cool stuff like manila road and you're going and you're going and unfortunately you know with mark passing too you Mm -hmm. eventually reach this was all they wrote back then and you're just like well shit then those people are kind of like me, kind of like Tucker, and we're like, I want to write some shit. Right. And now there's new stuff, and there's new stuff popping up everywhere. I swear Canada's going through like this like speed metal revolution that's just blowing my mind. Oh, absolutely. You throw a rock somewhere there and either hit Sasquatch or like an amazing like rip it up band, you know. There's all sorts of, like Jeff from uh from Gatekeeper, he's awesome. He actually did a track on our upcoming release. Nice. Uh, under Encloaked. Yeah, he did an ambient track, and you know, Iron Kingdom's up there, it's like blasting out three-part harmonies. It's like, when's the last time you heard like a DIY metal band doing that? You know, just really stepping the bar up. And what I love about it is kind of the same thing that I try to do with my music. My album's not out there to kick anybody's ass or anything like that. It's like this is our love letter to heavy metal. We wanted to write some songs that we thought were neat, 
<laughs> like right. Having a good time doing it, you know. Because, you know, that is an, that's an unjust thing that kind of happens in, especially in music in general, no matter what it is, if it's, you know, the pop scene or the country scene or even the metal scene and, and rap and so on and so forth, is a lot of people believe that there's a competition here. I try not to, to, to subscribe to that. I might not play the same music in my personal band as you or Throne of Iron or Wraith or Spell or anybody like that. But I would love to play shows with all of you because, you know, because it's all about, you know, I guess what turns you on as a musician. Yeah. I think we can all thank Rob Halford and Judas Priest. I mean, since they're already like metal gods, I don't think you need to do that. You know, just have fun writing your thing. They already did it. You're never going to be cooler than Judas Priest, though. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Because you're just not. Yeah. They'll kick your ass. But it's the same thing you're talking about. You know, it's, uh, I never think of it at a competitive scale. And, well, to touch back on, you know, things we've talked about with, you know, they're like, guess what? Lars Ulrich ate for lunch. Another one that was like Taylor Swift had a record that passed up uh, Metallica's whatever record. And everyone's like arguing in the comments. And they're like, she's so fake and shut up. Nobody listens to that band anyways. Nobody's even heard of Metallica. And everyone's incorrect in this. <laughs> but right. it's like, I'm looking there and I was like, what do y'all hope to accomplish? And then I, I think about these uh, metal news. I'm using quote, air quotations that you can't hear because it's podcast or see them. Right. But, uh, and it's like their easy go-to. It's like, get the old head. You know, he's going to get out of his truck after listening to Sirius XM, sit down at his compact presario. He still has working and see that Taylor Swift beat Metallica at album sales. And he's just going to be like, no. It's is better because you can always get that you're cooler because you listen to metal out of <laughs> that type right, of person. Right, right. You know, and yes. where I've tried Little to feature. Fruit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's that thing of constantly making an effort to, it's almost like the Facebook thing where you see so many oh, negative, yeah, exactly. negative posts on there. I don't necessarily want to say the term thought provoking as more as it is emotion provoking comments oh yeah you're getting knee-jerk reactions and right it's it's all about echo chambers and identity politics like i like metal so of course something might raise my hackles but then i'm like that doesn't affect me it doesn't affect the things i like <laughs> like i i just yeah it's you know the internet's definitely a double-edged sword swords are cool but uh in the sense that wow you can like some Japanese teenagers across the world can hear your song 30 seconds after it's out instead of having to discover it years later, send off to some oblique like European record company and hope it makes the travel. Right. So there's that part. Like when I was a kid. (laughs) Yeah. And then there's like the big echo chamber of fart noises. And a lot of times people will try to, I guess, create themselves as like king of like a goblin king of shit mountain using those things. You know, we've seen it a lot, but like, I guess the internet equivalent of gotcha journalism or things like that. Meanwhile, we're all over here like, I just wanted to hear that new song. Like, I don't care about what the guitarist of this band said about this dude's fat girlfriend. Right. You know, (laughs) yeah, it's like you don't care about their politics. You care about their music. And not even necessarily that. I mean, I I try to be as, as socially conscious as anybody with, you know, values and integrity should be. But at the same time, I don't go looking to them as role models. 
<laughs> I mean, that's that's neither here here nor there. Typically, with with what that you know, like I said, we're always kind of the thing. Me growing up was, you know, there weren't like, oh, look, here's a bunch of cool heavy metal. Like me and my dorky friends are playing tabletops and or video games or riding our bikes and like, you know, listening to Priest or Motorhead and people are like, why are you listening to that? Not like we're some super cool dudes, but if you're playing a RPG about killing dragons, you want to listen to something that sounds like you would kill dragons too. I imagine I I was talking to a friend about this and I was like, man, do you ever think like, what if, you know, Dio definitely, I feel like was really, really big in bringing that to the forefront of like this theatrical, very fantastical setting. Yeah. Fantasy music. And yeah. And, uh, you know, of course he grew up, you know, listening to like Zeppelin talk about stuff like that. And, you know, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of like psych rock and like proto metal that probably I am not familiar with. You might know because you were around during these times. <laughs> and, uh, oh, I see how you. I'm not calling you out like that. I'm just saying, like, I, I go looking for these things. I'm not like, that I love old, it. but uh, <laughs> you know, and they brought that into there. It's like imagine the aesthetic. Otherwise, like, it would just be this completely different thing. Nobody like like Amon and Marth wouldn't be playing a giant, you know, inflatable dragon. They'd be like. I don't know, fighting like a crazy, like, I don't know, collapsible robot orangutan or something, you know, it could be something completely different. Right, right, right. And it's, it, but all these elements kind of fell into place to what is now like to some people, you know, this is the rule. You do not bend. You do not break. I want my metal like this and nothing else. They say as they slick their mullet back and hop in their El Camino. <laughs> right. Pop, pop, yeah, pop painkiller into the fucking tape deck and do donuts out of the parking lot. Oh my gosh! Think, things in a simpler time, huh? Hell yeah! No. I mean, I, like I said, man, I wouldn't be surprised if that's happening right now in Canada, right? But just like way more, way more politely, right, right, right. Yeah. You know, that's. They're, I mean, they're wonderful people, though. Like I said, Jeff managed to help me so much, and I just casually dropped, "Hey, would you like to do a track for this?" He liked the mythos, and he dropped a track that's going to be featured on our album. You know, talking to Zach from Skullfist and and Johnny. Johnny came through. Uh, opening well he was playing rhythm guitar with enforcer and i forgot the name of the other band that was there but just cool dudes and literally we just buy, buy them a beer and hang out and they'll talk guitars talk albums with you talk records with you and you know that's really what i love about metal a bunch of dorks like me get into a room and we talk about cool shit that we like yeah because that's you, what it's about yeah and then you see some cool dudes up there like fucking ripping it up and it's a good time nothing but high fives and good vibes like i went to the last cells heroes before i moved from houston i don't get me wrong there's definitely some people tossed out just maybe way too drunk but yeah there's none of this like hate moshing kicking people's heads in in the bathroom kind of stuff but i've seen some pretty gross shows like that but yeah you know you just there's just a bunch of drunk heavy metal people fucking having a blast there supporting the shit out of bands big or small which is really really cool to see yeah Absolutely. You know, that's one of the cool things about Bandcamp these days, because you can find so many independent musicians like yourself, uh, Spell, you know, my band is on there. There's so many cool independent bands that you would, that's the, like you were talking about a minute ago, one of the good things about the internet is being able to find these bands. Without having to, you know, look through some catalog and say, well, that name sounds kind cool. Of, yeah, and you can see the album art. It's almost like digging through the stacks of extra steps, you know. Yeah. The fact you get to listen to it first, you know. I always talk to uh, 
my bass player I, and Mike, the rhythm guitarist, were very, very big Frazetta fans. So, I mean, I'll go into a used bookstore and buy a paperback just because I'm like, oh, there's Frazetta, or oh, hey, there's Michael Wellen. You know, big fan of the artwork, too. So I was like, isn't it funny? Because I've, I've definitely bought albums that I was just like, all right, I had like $30 left in my you can only spend this much at the record store fund. Yes. And I was like, this looks sick. I'm just going to try it. You know, worst case scenario, make sure you don't damage it and you can trade it to somebody somewhere down the line or something at a swap. But uh, <laughs> I definitely bought albums like that. I'm just like sitting here and I was, I'm telling Kyle this. And I was like, I'm surprised I didn't end up owning everything by Molly Hatchet. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. You read my the mind metal, completely. Yeah. Visually, you, visually, some of the most impressive, like, man, man they're all Frazetta covers. they have Hatchet in the name. Yeah, they have Hatchet in the name. You're like, dude, this is going to rip. You're like, imagine it's going to be some, like, nasty, jagged rips coming across. Maybe, like, kind of like how the New York metal scene is or something. You pop it in, and it's just, like, slow jam and good times. Right. <laughs> You're just, like, flirting okay. with disaster. <laughs> yeah, flirting with disaster, not causing it. I, I came here for causing disaster. <laughs> right. That and was that, one so of my. That Kyle just kind of like grins and he's like, "I literally buy every Molly Hatchet album I find because the cover artwork, unless he already owns it, of course. You don't need doubles of that." But oh, uh, no, for the same reason, he's like buys them because he's like, "Yeah, the cover art's amazing," and uh, he's a big collector of artwork and prints and and things like that too. And you know, this it's not necessarily always a part of it or, or necessary at all, but. There's a certain aesthetic that goes with this cool, fantastical thing. It has to do with amalgamation. I mean, like, being into the things I'm into, you know, I study Western ceremonial magic. And as an artist by trade, you create a space where you can create with things. And kind of with the music, you try to do that, too. I like to create this world where I can tell you really crazy stories because you're not going to find that, you know, 10 miles outside of San Antonio, Texas. Even though Robert E. Howard was from this area, apparently based the hills of Samaria off of the, you know, the way it looks locally here. So that's always interesting. You look out across the vista and you're like, cool, Conan. <laughs> right, right, right. I always think oh, that, uh, that Molly Hatchet is theft by deception. Hey, yeah, because I mean, once you have the record, you already have it. And they're like, whatever. We took that dude's money. <laughs> yeah, because it's like you think that it's going to be something like, uh, like, uh, Rainbow or, or, or D yeah, exactly. Dio, and it's going to, but it's just like, you, you know. open it up, you put it on the table, and you're like, here comes the black magic, and then it comes across as like, you know, dad rocking it to the max. I mean, I'm not, I'm not ditching on Molly Hatchet. No. It's like in the comments, I can just imagine fans are like, hey, fuck you, your band sucks. Molly Hatchet rules. I'll fight you. <laughs> like, like it's great stuff, but yeah, you definitely go in expecting like more of an edge or like you know something like maybe even like a medieval steel vibe or something. You know, <laughs> and it's like you throw this on and it's like, oh, this is not what I expected. You're like, maybe that's just like their their fun like hit, and you keep going through the record, and you're like, no, it's, it's all just like this laid laid back cruising type of dad rocking. Right, right. <laughs> the funny <laughs> thing about this after. is. The funny thing about having this conversation is this constantly comes up. So it's almost like a running, it's, it's almost like a running gag on the show that, but it's not. That's the thing. It's you know like, it, everything I'm just comes give up. You your like million this. dollar idea. You need to have an anniversary episode where you get with all of us. Each of us has to do a cover of a Molly Hatchet song. Oh, I don't know if I can handle it. 
but here's what we do. Instead of the awesome cover art by Frazetta, we do the opposite. We go find somebody who did like cover art for like Eddie Money or <laughs> you know, Rupert Holmes. They just there's a picture of all these metal dudes in like turtlenecks next to like a window and there's like a beach scene outside. Oh gosh. <laughs> there's a million dollar idea. Molly Hatchet's greatest hits as performed by <laughs> a bunch of fucking metal idiots. <laughs> it's awesome. Oh my gosh. They've already got my yeah, money. I just imagine <laughs> they've already got I my money the once. Would happen. Yeah. Like this dude, he's got gray hair, he's all salt and pepper. He's uh probably maybe at like a half price books or somewhere going through the used records. His uh tasteful ponytail pulled back behind him. He's maybe got an hour or two to kill before he's gotta go teach bass lessons at the youth center. And he looks and he picks it up and he sees all these cool looking dudes in Hawaiian shirts and turtlenecks. And he's like, these guys might know how to put the funk on the box. And he takes it home and it's a bunch of heavy metal. And he's like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I almost feel, I almost feel personally attacked. You said he's going to go give bass lessons. (laughs) Hey man, there's something wrong with that. But I always feel like that's what they do. And you know, he probably, his wife has him, yeah, his (laughs) wife has him have uh, his record player and he's got his bass up on the wall and like a djembe, like one of those little hand drums in his office. <laughs> that's where he's allowed to still be rocking, dude, because outside of there, he's got to be dad. Yeah. He's got to go. <laughs> so he's like, he's like, Karen's asleep. She doesn't know I twist up a pinner. <laughs> Time to light this bad boy and drift away to paradise. <laughs> Boom, here comes Night Cobra covering flirting with disaster. <laughs> that's his awesome. wife divorces him. Yeah. He comes on a quest for vengeance for all of us. Boom, that's an album in itself. <laughs> he he becomes known as the Molly Hatcheter. Oh wow! <laughs> yes, all with a hatchet for ruining his life. If Christian is, is that- listening to this episode, uh, yeah. you need to do that, dude. Uh, Absolutely, you need, need the to- dude whips his his Oakleys off, and he's like, "You son of a bitch! You got blood and guts all over my five hundred dollar Tommy Bahama shirt." <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Hey guys, Wrestling Steve of the Wrestling Steve Show here. Uh, so if you're currently listening to the Metal Forge with Mark Jackson, then you understand that Mark Jackson has a pretty discerning taste when it comes to music as a whole. You also understand that he has a discerning taste for professional wrestling, just like me. The, my show is called the Wrestling Steve Show. Uh, I talk about modern and classic pro wrestling in a completely unbiased, unfiltered way. Be sure to check me out on all available podcasting platforms. That is the Wrestling Steve Show, and I am the host, Wrestling Steve. Just remember, uh, like like Confucius said, uh, man who goes through turnstile in Thailand uh, is going to Bangkok. Pro wrestling. You know, I want to ask you some questions here. So you do have something Absolutely. coming out soon. Yes, uh, by the time this comes out, the premiere of our single we have a lyric video coming out on the new wave of traditional heavy metal full albums which most people who listen to the genre we're all subscribed to that channel because you find out about all sorts of cool new stuff yes uh, yes we've got a single much. coming out there we decided to uh so this has all been a very diy thing like all of us doing it all of us paying for it like everything from you know some of the artwork uh we're actually our album art was done by the amazing jerry I don't know how to pronounce his Greek last name. It's like Hoynes. He's known for doing, uh, he did the Sleeping Eye for Iron Age. 
but he's he's done two variant covers for the release that it'll be coming out this winter. It's called Thermesia Eternal. Nice. So we've been driving all this up, and you know we wanted to release a single. Some of our friends are like, "Hey, where's the music at?" And I was like, "Okay, cool. Here's the single. You guys can listen to it." But also, we're gonna have some T-shirts out. But all the the stuff we sell there that's gonna go towards us pressing these vinyl and cassettes. So absolutely, we're very excited. Yeah, we're very excited to give people, you know, their first steps into this kind of world and hear the stories and you know enjoy enjoy the music because I mean we've got a lot of uh, a lot of material we'll be working through in the next year to to present some other tales and ancient tomes and cool fantasy settings. Definitely, you definitely need patches too. Oh yeah, yeah, we've got those in the works as well. Uh, uh, Kyle collaborates with a few of the companies, and I actually personally like uh, made one of the designs for it. It's gonna be cool. Nice. So I mean, right up the alley of the other things. But uh, by the time this posts, if you go to our band camp, you should be able to check out the T-shirts. You, you can download the single. I'm I'm including like a. I don't know if band camp's gonna get mad at me if I say this, but a free download code of the single if you buy the shirt. So. <laughs> I you don't know, think that they would. I don't think so either. I don't no. think we're important enough for them to care. You know, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I I think they're like just... as much as I want to. I want to give it to people like we also gotta get ready for this actual releasing like a really high quality product. Like, don't worry, the actual end mix and master will be sent off. Like I've been collaborating with the Mockingbird Studios has been working with our drummer since he's up north for tracking some of the things. Uh, we also we have a lot of friends featured on this album. Like, because when it started out with just me, I'm not the most proficient player, and there's a lot of things that kind of call for a high ceiling on the skill wise. If you want to really give them that heavy metal, you know. So I got a friend. Uh, we were supposed to record our drummer before the the stay at home order here in Texas, and that came into place. So of course we couldn't travel to him and record him. So. I had a friend, he's in a, a band called Night and Gallo. They're really great too if you like traditional metal. They're from, uh, I believe San Francisco. They're from California. I know that much. And I've done a couple album, like, arts for them. Like I did, uh, like an original, like, logo. And then I also was the one who did their most recent demo. I think it's called Men of the West. It's a cool, awesome. like, sci-fi warrior, like, raising his sword and space and planets and all the good stuff we like. But, uh, and they heard that we couldn't record. And we were going to miss our initial deadline for what was going to be a demo, which I'm happy now because now it's going to be a full album release. But uh, Ryan, their drummer, really stepped up. You know, he was like, hey, man, I can hammer out these tracks for you since you've been helping us. So he'll be featured on uh, many of the tracks, actually. And, you know, and then our drummer will be on some. Uh, my friend Joey Vetta, he did leads on the, the songs that you'll be showing. And uh, he's just like really cool old friend. Grew up in the 80s with heavy metal. It, fantastic player. So, you know, it's just like, hey, I got this song. And he's like, I'll be on it. So, I, I mean, we even have a, a solo by Olaf from Enforcer on one of the songs. I'm not going to say which one, but uh, when it comes out, you'll know. <laughs> Definitely. And seeing that's what, like what, what we said a minute ago. It's all about the camaraderie and not competition. And see, I loved all, I loved the uh, people making comps. Like, I loved collecting compilations back in the day. But, like, especially the ones where, like, you wait like the extra 45 seconds of silence. And then it's like the two bands covering one of each other's songs or even like maybe they came together and wrote a song and you saw a lot of that in punk and hardcore and stuff. And you know, they'd even do covers of other bands like famously like punk always like covering like old rock and roll songs and just a bunch of really great stuff. And there's metal heads who listen to both, but what I'm seeing a lot more and I'm really liking is, 
you're getting splits, you're getting collaborations. I mean, there's a great uh, gatekeeper and eternal champion split a few years ago where uh, eternal champion covered uh, Awakened by Dawn. And uh, what was the other one? I forgot, but I, I used to have that right on one CD and it was, yeah, it was fantastic, fantastic split, but it's great too. Cause it's friends coming together, putting out music. And you know, these guys are in the States. Those guys are in Canada. Now each of their fan bases gets something new to hear too. when they're just collecting, you know, their favorite bands. So, uh, we, we actually have some plans for Jeff to do some things with Encloaked, hopefully later on in the winter. But uh, we're really focused on our initial release right now, the Thermitia Eternal. Very much so, which you did get to hear a little bit of earlier, and we are going to debut a new song. Yes, this will be a sneak preview that only Metal Forge listeners get to hear. Ooh, that's right. That, yeah. See, that's how it works around here. We we get to debut new stuff, too. So. <laughs> Uh, That's the most fun, man. That's why I like tuning in. Definitely. So let's get a little bit of a profile question on you. You've you've pretty much given me the rundown of awesomeness of the band and everything and how you do what you do. So that's always a mm-hmm. plus. But let's hear about, you know, you as a person. Do you have a favorite film? Favorite film? Oh, man. Uh, I really like things that kind of combine, I guess, like I said, you know, like a really powerful soundtrack with... You know, one of the great things about film is you get moving imagery to combine with sound, with music, with a story. I always thought that, uh, you know, Clockwork Orange was great. I mean, the, just the whole play off of you have this classical music, you have a decaying, you know, post-World War II England where the youth is rotting from the inside out because, I mean, something similar we deal with. You know, the dream that their parents were selling of, you know, their little sedan at the end of their cul-de-sac parked in front of their home. That's just simply not the option for them anymore. They turned almost like a street gang mentality, like a bunch of jackals attacking each other. And meanwhile, the soundtrack is this, a combination of really, really great soundscapes with synthesizers and, which I, I love synthwave and things like that. It's great. Right. And then you have, of course, like, you know, the classical music. Definitely. And it's just so interesting because we, you know, people think of classical music and they just think of this stuffy thing. But I mean, this was, I mean, as much as most metalheads like to think that they approach metal from a classical point of view, and there are those who do. I'm not criticizing the, like, Juilliard graduates who, like, write fucking amazing metal, but more pop music. But these guys are, like, you know, the layers that are in Beethoven are incredible. I was a percussionist for years throughout school, so, you know, I get to play classical music. And, you know, learning things about dynamics and stuff are important. Like you said, if you just go heavy and serious all the time, it's boring, so it's important to, you know, know when to pull it back and hit them even harder with it, or things like that. But I, that's a film that I really like. Absolutely, like, uh, Clockwork Orange, and another one that hits that same nail in the head. Uh, had Tom Hardy was a uh, Bronson, great movie. Oh yeah, it's about that uh, really violent British prisoner. And I'm just trying to think of things. It's like, you know, of course, there's amazing movies that we all watch, but those are those are some that I really enjoy. Like I said, I like animation, like a uh, you know, uh, Nausicaa. Valley of the Wind or whatever by Miyazaki, the guy who made Spirited Away and stuff. That's yes, a big, yes. big, like, aesthetic inspiration on me. And that's what I try to do. I try to fill my head and, and just myself with all this great imagery and just kind of digest it in my brain. And I feel like that creates an environment where I can also produce, like, rich storyscapes. It's so in-depth. Oh, yeah. You just can go like... watch it four or five different times and notice new details that you totally completely miss. Yeah, and that's from any of those... Uh... Uh, studio yeah, Tales from Earthsea was another one that he did. 
I read those books as a child. So it's a revisioning of the story. It's just fantastic. Like, I'm glad that it was a revisioning because, you know, here I am, like, here comes that thing in the plot I know. And it's like, boom, did something different. Right. And the same thing, you just get get this really nice, like, uh, atmosphere. Like, his film seems so large because of the way he deals with detail and landscapes and perspective. It's just, I mean, wind. There's always wind. Wind everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's just this huge windswept, maybe some type of Dutch Valley. But I love seeing uh, Japanese artists do this and other artists from different countries because, you know, like, there's a guy who creates games like the Dark Souls series and he talks about like flying over Europe with his dad on business trips and reading, you know, books about fairy tales and history. So he has no context for these things. So he'd make up stories for them. And that's why you get this really weird, unique thing that kind of borrows from his own folklore and mythology. But it's it's somewhat rooted in reality. And it gives a surreal quality and I love things like that. It's almost like augmented reality. Now you have this, you're like, okay, this castle, but what actually I think happened was all these weird shit. <laughs> and it's like, just a really cool way to kind of, I guess, like throw a, a little bit of seasoning on, you know, the same dish you might have had before, but just present it kind of on its head towards you. Right. Definitely. So. Definitely. Do you have a favorite food? I am vegetarian of almost 10 years. Kyle and the band's vegan. So I love vegetables. I'm not one of those preachy ones. I don't make other people not eat meat around me or anything, but, uh, right, right. I really, yeah, really, 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 really love Italian, Asian food. It's fantastic. I will say this. I believe that Mexican food is the most technologically advanced food in the world because I believe the tortilla is the pinnacle of food technology. <laughs> it's the most, it wraps the food up. It's delicious. You can put a tortilla around pretty much anything, any type of sandwich, and it's almost better with the tortilla. So, I mean, you know, that's I stake my claim there. Mexico has evolved beyond all, all other humankind technologically with food. You know what? That's that's never been uh, brought up, but I kind of... Uh, <laughs> I, Not I, that it's I, a competition, like you said. It's no, all about appreciating different it's pr- it's stories and cultures. But it, I think we all need to take our hat off that uh, tortillas definitely. are the Judas priest of... <laughs> food wrapping. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's it's far better than bread. <laughs> um, by exactly. a long shot. <laughs> Absolutely. What's your preferred media type? Do you buy albums digitally? Do you buy them exclusively on vinyl, cassette, well, CD? I honestly collect everything that I want. Sometimes I'll buy everything from a band just so that it like checks off the list in my head. Then I can listen to it on my phone. I can listen to it on my turntables. Uh, I even had a vehicle with a tape deck for a while. So the cassette thing, that's really when that hammered home. So I grew up with cassettes and I was like, man, these aren't that great. But then like being able to listen to an analog format, and not spend an arm and a leg is very, very useful. Especially nowadays. Like I think Sony dropped the Walkman like copyright because they thought tapes were gone. So you can buy like a Chinese knockoff, really high quality tape player. It's like three bucks online and then just plug it into your ox in your car. And there you go. Like if we're just talking about. Being bootleg music, right, right. Listeners, you know, being broke when you're young, and uh, but I would say vinyl, vinyl. I love vinyl. It's easy to say that because I didn't, this is the first year in modern history where it outsold CDs. Really cool to see that coming back. You know, there's a interesting interview with Slash where they're like, "Hey, hey Slash, what do you think about rock and roll? Is it cool anymore, man?" He's like, "Pretty neat." He's like, "I can go dig through the stacks, and sometimes people don't recognize me." and he goes to shows and he knows that the people are there to really enjoy the music and collect the music for fun and not just, I guess, 
to be seen. You know what I mean? Right. I love it all. I love collecting, like, when you get, like, a cool cassette and you fold open the J-card and there's, like, a poster. Or even, like, yeah, if you're lucky enough to catch one in a vinyl or something, like, that's the coolest, like, bonus. You, like, open it up, you're like, oh, sick, and then you thumbtack it to your wall. Definitely. You know, there was something interesting. I bought a vinyl online, and, you know, I'm a wrestling nerd and shit, too. So, yeah, it was uh, it was a WWE vinyl. Was it Hulksters in the house? No, actually, it was uh, <laughs> it was tri- it was Triple H vinyl, but because they just partnered with the Motorhead camp. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and released a bunch of new shirts. Yeah. They released some, uh, a vinyl of it, and I'm yeah, sitting Triple there. Triple H actually spoke at his uh, funeral. At, yeah, they were apparently very good friends. Yeah, yeah. R.I.P. Lemmy. Definitely. But the cool thing about it was, I'm sitting there and I'm like. You know, this is awesome because I just figured it was going to be like a 12 inch single of, you know, like, uh, the game, you know, the motorhead, uh, tune that they did for his theme. But no, yeah. there was like a, there was a poster in there and I was putting back and it was gatefold. And I'm usually not a big fan of gatefold vinyl because, really? well, it's because like the, the jacket never wants to go back in. Oh yeah. Of course. The sleeve never wants to go back in the jacket. I like, I- and I'm just like, I like to order the flappy ones for those. Like, you can go to record stores, get the ones with the little sticky flaps on the outside. Mm. Okay. So I just, I just buy a mess of those and then don't put it back in the original one. I just put it in the new one. Understandable. But, uh, continue. I interrupted. No, no, a little tip there. I like those. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know, like, what the fuck? Why isn't this going back in? And then I, I sit there and I was like, I look in the, in the, uh, sleeve and there was a patch in there too that was unadvertised. Yeah. That's I'm, super cool. I'm like, it? fuck. You're like, bonus. Yeah. This is going on my vest or jacket. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Cause I'm totally a patch hound, you know? But it was, it yeah. was a pretty cool experience, you know, that it's always like the, and there was a poster and there was the patch and I was like, that's pretty fucking cool, you know? So I, yeah, I yeah, really dig little, when bands do that. Definitely. So, um, I'm ask you the question now. Sure. Since you're a wrestling guy. <laughs> okay. It, it, it's like the, you know, the old toss up. People would be like, oh, uh, I guess Metallica and Megadeth, except these two dudes never collaborated. Who do you like better? Hulk Hogan or Macho Man Randy Savage? Ooh, uh, see, that's that's a tough one there. I know that's why I asked it. <laughs> I would have to probably say uh, Randy Savage. Fuck yeah, Macho Man Randy Savage. Because the cream always the fucking to the goat. Top. Yeah, <laughs> no, uh, Randy Listen, Savage. <laughs> right, <laughs> uh, Randy Savage. Because uh, several different reasons, you know, uh, they did. Uh, he and his family did run a a outlaw promotion in Kentucky for a long Absolutely. time. Uh, ICW. The dude was a St. Louis Cardinal, you know, baseball player. Yeah. You know, so. You know, I'd like to throw out there too, just to, cause I know a lot of wrestling fans, they get all twisted up with this one, unless they're hard one camp or the other. But, uh, if we just look at discography wise, Macho Man's album destroyed Hulk Hogan's album and his <laughs> diss track was amazing. <laughs> Hulk right. in the house. I remember Fye going out of the, out of business, and me and my friend, knucklehead friends, were like, I don't know, at the mall doing dumb shit. And I look over, and they've got this huge rack of cassettes that they probably had since the eighties. They're going out of business finally because the internet destroyed all music stores. And uh, they're like cassettes, five for a dollar. So oh, we're just gosh. going through, it and I I found like a, a I think a cassette of Paranoid, which is cool, and like a couple other like cool metal ones I wanted to listen to. I think like a Megadeth tape and 
I pull out holsters in the house. Oh, also a weird one for like Adam West Batman. There's like a patriotic big band thing, like all playing John Philip Sousa with like Batman and Robin talking over it. It's <laughs> fucking weird. We used to get we, we used to get really fucking stoned and listen to this shit. So, oh holy hole in donut, Batman. These stars and stripes are forever, my cape crusading friend. And we're like, what the fuck was this world? <laughs> I need but to find a copy house, of that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hulksters, or it's like uh, it was Hulk Hogan and the Traveling Boot Band, and it was just so fucking bad. But like, almost in a good way. Especially, I'm gonna throw this out there. Rygar officially endorses. If you're gonna listen to it, listen to Beach Patrol. <laughs> and then there's even like a bummer track he wrote for like he had like a Make a Wish kid <laughs> that Aww. he wrote a track for who like passed away. And it's like sweet to think about, but then to have Hulk Hogan write you a power ballad, <laughs> and it's it's even worse because the whole thing, he's just kind of like patting himself on the back. It was like a Hulkamaniac in heaven or something like that. <laughs> Ooh. You know. It's like total, he's yeah. totally like like throwing himself a fucking pass deep to like get some fucking sympathy points there. He's like, this kid was a Hulkamaniac. Now he's in heaven, brother. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'll yeah. try to include a if I'm sure everything in the world is on YouTube. I'll try to include oh, a is. link. Um, but do that. yourself a favor as a palate cleanse, listen to Beach Patrol. Yes, I'll, if that I'll, doesn't I'll, get I'll, your juices stirring, you might need to talk to a doctor. Oh, I'll include links to both <laughs> in the in the comments below. You know, excellent. You know, and this is why your fans are there because you're hitting them with the hard hitting, the facts, the opinions, yeah. the things they need. And they need Beach Patrol by Hulk Hogan. I'm sorry, I went off on a tangent. No, it's Please all good completely. Brother. You know, the funny thing is, is <laughs> a, a, a lot of people would probably think that I would pick Hulk Hogan because I'm a bass player and so is he. But no. Yeah. <laughs> but no. Macho Man all the way. He's the GOAT. Oh, yeah, absolutely. What is your greatest achievement? I would say, I think just, I, I tend not to measure my life by any type of a meter of, of I guess, really success in that sense of like I have achieved this because of course I'm always unsatisfied with anything when I have a release or and not in a way that I'm embittered towards it but I'm always like what's next what can I do next but probably just uh you know that I can make a comfortable living providing people with music and art and I mean my my father he's he's played music his entire life he's in his 70s he was formerly of uh the Burgundy Express band from Seattle Really great stuff. Like he played out in Waikiki with them, and you know, nice. towards the end of his life, he he ended up having to. He's not dead or anything. He's just old as shit. Uh, like I mean, he still gigs every now and again with his buddies. They'll they'll get up there, you know, drink a couple beers, go play somewhere. I mean, he's even been hired for holiday parties because they play like old soul and R and B. Not this band, the Burgundy Express. They're long gone, but the groups he plays with now. But the thing was, is when I told him I wanted to play music when I was younger, he's like, I think that's really cool. And I mean, as your dad, I'm proud. But he's like, learn a trade. Because I've slept in cardboard boxes on the side of the road. And, you know, me and my friends and the ones who are really all about it, we know the 80s are gone. We're never going to make a million bucks doing this. But to make a comfortable living, you know, making people happy, doing what you love, that's fucking awesome, man. So I would say that I get to be a real-ass barbarian every fucking day. I don't have to put on a suit and tie, not that I knock people who do, and, like, wear normie clothes. I can be a fucking wild animal. And unless the state of Texas deems otherwise and locks me up, I'm, I can do whatever the fuck I want. So that's my greatest accomplishment, being everything my 13-year-old mind set out to be. <laughs> and that's what it's all about right there. You know, I think that's 
that's great though. You know, it's one of those things where you just, you're doing what you want, which is awesome. And that in itself yeah. is, a, is a great accomplishment. It's a very special kind of dignity and freedom that, you know, like I said, it won't afford you all the luxuries in life, but it's something you can truly love and say that is yours. So uh, anybody, I would say if there's any cool kids out there and they want to do some stuff, like go for it. Tell everybody to suck your, whatever you want them to suck and fucking get out there and, and make it, man. Like, Fake it till you make it. Like, write that song, write that album, you know, paint that thing, write a rap album, put it out there, network, meet other people who are driven, and make the music. You know, you get to create something that I think is really cool in a lot of philosophical and even religious origins. Not mainly many Western traditions and religions that people are familiar with, but it's like the, the need to create, the compulsion to create is within us all, as well as it's our birthright. You know, we're the, what did Carl Sagan say? We're the universe experiencing itself. Why wouldn't we create worlds, create things, build towers, build songs, paint the images that stop our hearts and bring joy to everyone? You know, why wouldn't you do these things? Very much indeed. Uh, So I've got one more question, but before we get to that, how can everybody get a hold of you uh, booking wise? uh, Where can they purchase music? you know, tell tell everybody out there how to do that. Okay. Right now, we've got our single off the upcoming album, Thermesia Eternal. It's called In a Land Where the Sun Never Sleeps. It's about an ancient lich king beyond legend who the characters in the Silver Company, which is my band, my band's called Rygar, but we are the Silver Company, have sworn undying thirst for vengeance against. And you can find this on our band camp for download. It'll be available to watch our lyric video on the YouTube channel as well as the new wave of true heavy metal album full channel as well as uh, if you follow us on instagram we're always posting updates and you know drop a line like we're always down to talk and you'll be hearing a lot of details about our upcoming release here in october and november when we actually gear up until the release date this winter so you can definitely find us on Bandcamp, youtube instagram i think the only thing i don't know how to work is like twitter i don't think myspace is a thing anymore jd runs a facebook but you just Check it out. We're out there and holler at us. <laughs> Definitely. The links will be there below. You can click on those wherever you're listening right now. There will be a big, long, uh, drawn-out thing of, of all the sponsors of the show, and thank you to all of them, as well as um, Rygar's links. Hey, man, thanks for having us here. It's thank you. Thank a, you. It's been I, a pleasure. And, yeah, I mean, uh, I love the show personally, you know, and if you're listening – Make sure you go and check out some of his back episodes. There's some really, really talented people from my neck in the woods and all over the world come and talk about some really cool stuff. So Definitely, dude. I appreciate that. And thank you so much for coming yeah, on man. the show. So the morbid question is, how would you like to die? With my sword in my hand, looking my enemy in the eye. Either That's- that or like some sort of like, I thought it'd be really funny to like, maybe after you're dead, like at your funeral, like, at the last second, just loaded full of C4, and they don't see the wire attached, and like some sort of catapult or a trebuchet, I'm not super uh, familiar with siege weapon, launches you into the air, like over a lake or something, and then just, boom, atomized. Wow. And like everyone just starts throwing up everywhere because they can't handle it. <laughs> and then like, I don't know, Steel Panther starts playing or something ridiculous, and it just totally traumatizes and fucks people up, but now they're not grieving anymore. So you're welcome, all five people who go to my funeral. Oh, come on now. <laughs> I'm just joking. But uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. I've also heard drowning not so bad. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I can handle it's like that. It's a weird, person. peaceful thing. I almost drowned when I was a kid, and it was really weird. I was just like, started sinking, and I was like, I can't breathe water. Well, I guess this is where I die. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it, that, yeah, that's almost like Oregon Trail. <laughs> yeah, it was like definitely. Well, I guess speaking of Oregon Trail, it's a lot better than dying of dysentery. Oh, right. It just sounds terrible. I think that's when you diarrhea so hard that like all the microbes are gone out of your body and you just die, right? I believe so. Just literally shitting your soul out. Right. <laughs> fucking brutal, man. The the blood man, the Trail. bloody flux, I believe it was called at one time. Yeah, I mean shit that already right there sounds like some insano pick death porn grind album. <laughs> right. Uh, like I can almost read the unreadable scratchy writing. It's like dysentery, Oregon Trail of bloody shit. Oh, it's, it's, that's, that's. Man, I'm just full of great ideas tonight. I hey, know, feel free right? Anybody who's going to make these things into reality, do it. Just make sure you hit me up because I want to listen to it and, uh, I don't know, throw me in the special thanks and I get free t shirts. I don't want the dysentery one though. <laughs> that's going to be the next Metal Forge shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Metal Forge Radio, it'll give you dysentery. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, Dude, thank you so much. So, my pleasure, man. What are we going to debut today? What's the name of the song? Well, you're listening to In the Land Where the Sun Never Sleeps, but the exclusive one that you get to hear right here on Metal Forge is called The Witching Blade. All right. And it's about Rhaegar claiming the head of the warlock who betrayed his brother, the king of Thermesia, sacrificed them the unspeakable horrors of the 12 Lich Kings of the Night. And here it is now.
Hey, it's Mark Maxwell at Maxwell's House of Music. Listen, all this stuff is now available to purchase on our website. Check it out at maxwellshouseofmusic.com. We carry all the top brands, like Fender. We got Gibson. We also have basses. We've got ukuleles. We've got drums. We've got sound gear. We've got keyboards. Musicians rejoice. Confused with all the modern and technical pedal board selections? Look no further. Kentucky Hot Brown Pedal Boards offer their homemade wooden and custom pedal boards for guitarists and bassists alike. Established in 2013, KYHBPB has helped support not only the local Louisville scene, but a large array of big and small players from across the entire country. More info can be found at KentuckyPedalBoards.com.